falar. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Slims Presents podcast, now renamed to Between You, Me, and Jose. Between You, Me, and Jose is sponsored by Tixie. Tixie is an awesome app and website where you can win concert tickets. Um, they're operating in eight cities across the US, U.S. right now. Uh, they're here in San Francisco. They're based out of Portland, uh, Seattle, Athens, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. They're also in Austin. Got South by Southwest going on right now. Uh, they're in Dallas and Houston as well. So if you're in any of those cities, uh, go and download the Tixie app. It's on Android and iOS. And uh, you can win tickets to tons of different shows. Right now, uh, we do contests with them every month. Right now, we got shows like um, Particle at the Great American Music Hall, Lacuna Coil at Slim's. Uh, Invasion at Slim's, Papadocio at the Music Hall, tons of shows, and they uh, they have shows from other venues as well. Uh, DNA Lounge uh, does giveaways with them, Public Works, The Knockout, all kind of cool venues. The way it works is you get ten tokens every day that you can allot to any show you want to win tickets to, and uh, at the end of the contest period, whoever has allocated the most amount of tokens wins the tickets. So uh, it's a lot of fun, and hey. You get free tickets to shows. So, Tixie.com, go check it out, download the app, and uh, thank them for sponsoring our podcast. All right, here we go. Episode number one of Between You, Me, and Jose. Uh, I am your host, Chris Oldacre. Special guest, Donnell, next to me. Donnell in the house. And uh, our guest today... Well, actually, our, our co-host, uh, Kimberly Rose Went. she is running a little bit late, but she will be here soon. Um, she'll be filling Donnell's seat, and he'll scoot over a little bit there, but uh, you'll see her when she shows up. Uh, our featured guest today, Naomi Fern. Hi. And Mark Zietschit. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. Zietschit. Zietschlecht. Zietsch it sounds like I'm, 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 I have a bad, bad eyesight. Um, no, it's Seestedt. Uh, Seestedt. And we trained that so hard. Uh, you know, the second, the second the camera rolls, it just goes out of my head. It's okay. Uh, they perform around San Francisco now as Mark and Naomi. They actually don't have an official name yet. So if you have any ideas for the official band name of Mark and Naomi, uh, hit us up at info at slimspresents.com. Yeah. And, if you got a good idea, then maybe they'll name their band after you. And uh, and and if we do, you can send in the prize for sending in the winning entry. Will be uh, you send us a picture of you, and I will draw a portrait of you. How about that? That's an excellent prize. So, um, Mark and Naomi are here from Berlin, and uh, they are in San Francisco for about two months. Um, mm -hmm. Sort of like a, an exchange program type thing. Um, <laughs> you guys are are blogging for the Goethe Institute. <laughs> Thank you. All my pronunciation is awful tonight. Uh, <laughs> you can check cards? out their blog. Uh, you guys have, what, four posts so far about uh, your trip in San Francisco? Mm -hmm. And you guys are on social media, vining everything and 
all the things, little comments and stuff, uh, comics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys, is your bread and butter the the comedy thing? What? Um, we're both freelance artists. I I'd say. Um, I do, I used to do lots of, uh, uh, social work and at the same time also photography and video stuff, mostly for, for dancers in the dance scene in Berlin and in Germany. And now since, since November, I'm kind of full freelance, um, taking a break from the social work and doing only that. Um, so I, I do this photo video thing. Um, I do a little bit of comics. I have, I have a comics project. I organize a comics festival in the end of April. Um, which is why we have to go back soon to start that. It's called the Comic Invasion Berlin. And if you're in Berlin in the springtime, it's a really fun festival. Mm -hmm. That's on 26th, um, end of next month. And, um, and yeah, and there's a little bit of, bit of music too. Like, uh, we, we started playing together her songs that she already, um, uh, is performing since a while. And we both play in in a, in a big, uh, orchestra in Berlin. It's called Orchestre Miniature in the Park, OMP. Which is like thirty people playing these kind of toy instruments and small instruments, and it's um, it's the it's the funnest concerts ever because all the songs uh are, are there's cover versions and there's also original songs and they all have either sun or summer in the chorus so it's all these people on children's instruments and they just go bananas it's really fun yeah so the the little ditty you heard playing in the background of our uh, intro commercial for Tixie was uh one of your recent songs, uh, Putin Out. Is yes, that right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, which I saw because it was posted on Huffington Post. So mm-hmm. it's getting a lot of attention right now. It's, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how that came about? Um, well, that was, uh, last year when Russia, I mean, Russia now has just gone completely bonkers, but when it just started out with just doing a uh, horrible legislature, is that how you say it? Against LGBT. Uh, communities, uh, we thought, well, let's, let's do something. And so we decided to write a song, uh, to the Russian president. Since we're not planning on going to Russia anytime soon, we figured we could chance it. My mom was like, oh, you did what? Don't put that on the internet. The KGB might show up. And I was like, mom, you're like 30 years too late for that. Were you followed her? Well. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how has the reception been, uh, for that song, um, on the European side, uh, I know over here, uh, Huffington Post picked it up. A lot of people seem to, to be amused by the song, but is, it is kind of an incendiary topic. Uh, yeah, but I mean, as if you're, if you're not in Russia, it's, Europe's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, Berlin, uh, is he still the, the mayor? Berlin has an yes. openly gay mayor. Okay. So. Sure he's. That's, it's, it's so a non issue, really. Um. Yeah, Berlin's, Although France has been been being a bit, uh, yeah, Berlin is Berlin is kind of a safe zone, um, and 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 I mean it's one of the game metropoles of the world, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's strange things uh, go, going on in, in in France. There's been lots of demonstration there against uh, gay marriage, and we and and we even have have some uh, demonstrations more in the south of Germany. Um, against uh, in my hometown, in your hometown, yeah, Did yeah, because they've now taken a page out of out of America's book of now the religious people all of a sudden are like we don't want homosexuality to be taught as an alternative cho- life's life, yeah, in in schools, <clears throat> and we're like Germany doesn't do that. Nobody in yeah. Germany is no, 
Yeah, the schools there, there in this area decided that they want to have uh, like a ped pedagogical program in the schools, um, kind of showing kids all the kind of different styles of of uh, sexuality, and they plan to also include same-sex. Uh, relationships in that, which is yeah. great. The whole yeah. LGBT spectrum, and not just make it one part of the curriculum, but just to have it uh, per more pervasive in the whole uh, uh, school setup, basically. And, and then suddenly you you have people uh, um, rising their voice, their, their, their voice, because they think children should not be uh, objected to that. They're they're kind fairly obscure Christian groups. So the whole kind of. So the whole kind of uh, um, LGBT and and like these these gay topics, it's all right if they do it with themselves, but kind of uh, it it should not harm the children, right? Which is this strange old thing coming yeah. up so once weird. in a while that that like this will kind of uh, fuck with like children's minds. Yeah, yeah. it's like um, it's fine for you to be gay. Yeah, just keep it completely secret. <laughs> do that do in it. your well lit closet. Yeah, do it away from me. Don't mm -hmm. talk to anybody about it. Don't mention it. Don't act too gay, and it's fine. I don't have a problem with being and don't gay. Come, and don't Just come don't. near, don't yeah. come near my children. Yeah, which is which is interestingly close to the whole Russian thing because there, this law is also like yeah, keep it away about, from the right. Forbids talking to children about it. But America's gone is pretty bonkers with that, no? Yeah, we have uh, the same same debate going on here as well. It's of course in the more liberal parts of the country, San Francisco and Los Angeles, New York. It's it's pretty acknowledged that everybody <laughs> accepts gay people exist. We know gay people. They're normal. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, most people here understand that you can't be turned gay. I mean, yeah. So, and I think that's the the big uh, misunderstanding with a lot of these more traditional religious people is they still think of it as something that you can catch voluntary yes, so, oh, God, which yes. you know shows just how how backwards a lot of our our educating processes are um but uh in terms of of the argument it's pretty much the same that we shouldn't expose children to this make them think that this is normal things like that mm. which you know yeah it is normal yeah exactly <laughs> it's, you see gay animals you see it uh, all over the place so to me, it's normal, but obviously, uh, it's become very politicized. Yeah. And so we have people, um, basically using it to prop up their political careers, uh, for the most part. And they just use it as a hot button issue. Yeah. That can sort of catapult them into, uh, you know, the limelight, I guess. Mm -hmm. Which is so weird because there's so many other hot buttons they could use, but no, this one. Well, they, they fluctuate. So. Yeah, fair enough. Sometimes it's this one. Sometimes it's, um, you know, I guess uh, the economy would be another one. And uh, yeah, sometimes think it's it's like anything that kind of gets this fear up in people that things that they hold hold for granted and think that 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 they make their life safe could could be taken away from them. I think it's this kind of triggering thing. Yeah. Uh, that you that you make somebody afraid that that his his world is gonna change. And right. his, his ethics are going to be troubled. Some that somehow they're going to be turned gay. Yeah, <laughs> which you know says a lot about the person. Where if you think that you might could at be any turned moment. gay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we address that <laughs> as well in the song. So should we shortly do it so so people know what we're talking about? Sh sure. Why don't we Why don't we roll into uh, 
Putin out right okay. now. I'll let you guys. Uh, Should we skip the intro because we did that in the beginning of the, of the podcast? Go, go ahead and play the intro. Okay. But uh, why don't you just talk real, real quick about the instruments that you're playing uh -huh. here? Oh, yeah. I'm playing a stylophone, which is a uh, 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 kind of mini synthesizer um, that was invented in the late 60s in England. And then uh, it went away. They wanted to to uh, uh, establish it on the market as this kind of nerdy children party instrument. But then it kind of went away and then came back in the 2000s. And people started to produce it again uh, with the whole nerd phenomenon right. wave thing. And and so now it's being produced again. You can get it again. It's, it has this kind of nice analog sound to it. And it's battery operated and pretty loud for its size. So... I play this also in the in the in, in this toy orchestra. Oh, cool! And um, it was used by David Bowie in Space Oddity. Yeah, that too. So you it it has it had its fifteen minutes in the sun. Yeah. And I'm playing a mango wood ukulele. <laughs> Beautiful. Let's go. Yeah. likes to ride a horse bare-chested But in men he says he's not interested He swears that he's not gay as such He thinks he doth protest too much I think Putin would like to be putting out Yeah, without a doubt I think Putin would like to be putting out likes to go to the countryside with his manly friends where he likes to wrestle big animals with his bare hands he's externalizing his shame cause he needs someone to blame cause he'd really like to wrestle a different kind of bear if you know what I mean yeah without a doubt I think Putin would like to be putting out yeah I think Putin would like to be putting out Oh Putin, come out, I know you can Don't be gay and keep denying it That's so Republican Putin, I know your gayness will prevail Because who but a gay guy would put a pussy riot in jail these batshit crazy laws you've made up this far Make me think of Putin as Darth Vader on his Death Star Who can't tell his favorite stormtrooper That he'd like it up the pooper And so a bunch of people have to die So, without a doubt We'd be much happier and safer if you were out Cause even Putin, you deserve to love who you want to Cause that's all we all really want to do Awesome, thank you guys. <laughs> so have you 
heard anything from Putin about that one yet? Has <laughs> his team contacted you? Doesn't call, doesn't write. I just, yeah. What a jerk. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, it would interest me, like, if somebody, if somebody kind of, uh, forwards this kind of stuff to him. <laughs> and, he, and he actually kind of, I mean, I mean, you never know. You, you, you know nothing about the guy. You know, you know, he protects his family, uh, very much. I know he, he doesn't admit, he, he doesn't let like photographs of his daughter be kind of put in the press. So, I mean, nobody knows. I mean, he could, he could actually have seen it. And he was like, God damn these people. Could, I'm going could, for the Ukraine. <laughs> he could actually be gay and, and like in private be giggling about it. I don't know. No. You, you don't, probably not. But who knows? I mean, I mean, there's his pictures like, like these Photoshop pictures that, that we use. We took them from, He did from, a beautiful a, little video. Yeah, we took them from a Tumblr. If you, if you put that in, in the search bar, Putin, Putin out with like two T's, you might find it. Um, uh, and, and we made a video with, with, with like the, these pictures from, from, from a Tumblr where they kind of took all these press pictures and like, right. painted them like ra- with rainbow colors and, and like, and, like <laughs> put makeup on them. And he actually looks very feminine. Uh, uh, he has a face like for he'd, it. He'd, he'd make a great drag queen. Like if he ever... Well, like, I don't know. I know would, a few drag queens that might have something to say <laughs> about that. <laughs> keep him keep over there. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then again, it would be the ultimate kind of uh, uh, victory, no? For who now, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he'd obviously had to, had to make these laws disappear first. But I mean, if, 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 if he had a little drag show... Could. Would you go see it if he had a drag show? I don't know. I if would I applaud could. him for doing for, for for doing that, but because it obviously would 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 make all these all these thoughts and and, and laws uh, and like uh, this 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 kind of philosophy that he tries to spread there, um, all the forces behind him uh, would 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 make them look very ridiculous. So what uh, what inspired you to write the song in the first place? Uh, were you uh, affected by it personally? Did you know people in Russia? Um, well, I mean, Berlin is is on the on the edge of Germany, closer to the to all the eastern countries. So, it it is fairly geographically close to us. Um, not in the Sarah Palin way of I can see Russia from my house, <laughs> but um, closer than you guys are. Okay. Um, but, um. Well, we actually, well, we, I think it was, yeah, actually one of our friends, a comedian, uh, Nate Blanchard, who is also performing, uh, in the comedy scene here in San Francisco right now. He was in Berlin, which has a vibrant English speaking comedy scene. Really? Um, mm-hmm. and he did a whole bit about that and how it affected him and how it would affect him if he was living there. And so, um, that, I think that, that's what prompted it basically. Yeah. I mean, we, <clears throat> it's a bit difficult, um, um, to make like songs about the political, all these political issues, and I guess this was one thing where we thought, okay, this is something where it's where it make makes sense to to ridicule this person a little, um, without kind of having this 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 hard task of, of making a funny song about something very serious, um, which is always very dangerous. But I thought this is a um, also this is an, a topic where it makes sense to to. To ridicule him and 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 um, and not make it come across strange. I think so. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't do one. Um, like we we have this thing with with the blog that 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 we we're writing here, and that's already like a kind of a tightrope thing. Like we 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 also write about our what we see here in the city and and the housing crisis, 
and we look at at the at the poverty and and, and at the homelessness and then and then in the, same, in the same entries we're also kind of trying to make a little travel blog and show what we're doing so there's like these moments where i write about right. something i see on the street and the next and then we went to have a little gig and played yeah. our funny songs and <laughs> da, 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 da. so it's um i guess this is always if you if 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 you do this kind of comedic or like a colorful childish stuff um and and, and but you're also li- seeing these kind of real world politics sometimes this, this can lead to very strange uh, absurd uh, moments when these kind of worlds clash so it's uh, it's it's a good thing to bring that together in a way that works well it's that's hard. you know that's comedy i mean uh you use a lot of comedians play on the hardest aspects of their lives the mm-hmm. darkest part of their mm-hmm. lives the really things that normally you wouldn't want to touch yeah but mm-hmm. by making a joke out of it you can you can allow people to approach it in a different way yeah mm-hmm. where before it's you know very taboo Mm-hmm. If you can start to laugh about it, you can start to process and deal yeah. with it internally and accept that this is this is something that I can integrate into my my thought process without getting cognitive dissonance. Yes. So. But that is that is actually a very interesting thing because I mean I'm I'm aware that there's been a discussion here as well. And I know that in Berlin there's this whole discussion about rape jokes and stuff like that. And right. misogynist jokes or racist jokes and um, cause, yeah. especially cause in Berlin, you have so many expats from the States, from Canada. And the first thing everybody does is a good Hitler joke, you know. Of course. And yeah. so, and there's, you know, there's ways to do that and there's ways that are a bit more tricky. Let's Which they can way. do, but the German. Yeah, uh, the, we Germans the can't Germans do that. Germans can't right. do it. And, <laughs> rightly so. And, and so, yeah, there's that whole discussion, which I find super interesting also. So what, what are some of these, um, you mentioned uh, that there's a large uh, English-speaking comedy scene. Uh, can you just kind of set the scene for us? What is, what is, uh, where, what world are you coming from? What is it yeah. life like for you guys in Berlin? What is the comedy scene like there? Uh, and what is it that you think is the defining aspects of Berlin right now? Um, well, Berlin, I think the defi- defining aspect is uh, doing stuff for love and not for money. Because okay. there is no money. Um, mm. That very same mayor, he coined the uh, phrase for Berlin, poor but sexy. Okay. Which is why it has such an appeal for a lot of people. It's very I true. think most of Williamsburg has now moved to Neukölln, which is a part of Berlin. Really? And um, They say Oakland is, is the new Brooklyn, but maybe actually... <laughs> See, that's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's Berlin. Someone said today that they like the mission districts, like Neukölln now. Because mm-hmm. in Neukölln you have a large uh, Turkish... Uh, presence, uh, lots of Turkish uh, uh, restaurants, a community, and lots of people on the streets. In the same, in the same uh, way that the, that the uh, Hispanic community is very strong in, in the mission, but people move there also because of that. Because right. it's kind of a little bit of a, of an, um, it has this kind of ethical um, feeling to it um, for Americans, I guess, also, and 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 lots of people appreciate that. Which, but, but which also means that by moving there, right, these people are the first to go, right, and are the first ones to, as as we've been told, <clears throat> to, to have to move away to, to other areas or mostly leave the city alt- altogether because they, they are the ones who who have the kind of, uh, the, the least kind of, uh, well maybe maybe not 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 abilities but like the the 
the background uh, to to get yeah, help them to get and to get uh, lawyers and and to fight this stuff like uh, like uh, um, other other people might, in other areas might, might do the same. Like, hey, right. like I, I can't this, I can't let this happen, and they will go out. But many many of these families, I guess, maybe uh, it was an easy thing to 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 to, to get them out. Yeah. So, and that's a, and that's the thing. That's one of the reasons why we're actually doing the Goethe blog, is that we're um, writing about the parallels between Berlin and San Francisco because you have the problem of gentrification, and as I said, because um, Berlin also has no industry, so it's now all turning into new media that are uh, flocking there because it's cool, as they right. say, um, and so it's not as nuts as having. Google or Twitter in your town, but I see a few years down the road that's probably going to be what's happening in Berlin to a much greater extent. There's a big interest in the last years also in 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 either buying up available real estate to put up to put up condos, condos, and 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 was also happening, and that's something that's that's very similar to here. Is that kind of right? Because rents go, rents are going up, and because people certain areas turn turn more and more residential, and sometimes more families uh, moving into uh, um, certain areas, that uh, and and then rents going up, that uh, that cultural cultural places just kind of are vanishing. Like in my area, Prenzlauer Berg, used to be a big uh, junkie area in in like the okay uh, the eighties, <clears throat> and you couldn't go to any any other playgrounds. And then they kind of made made everything everything nice, and and uh, uh, artists came to the uh, um, came to, to to the area, and you had all these cafes popping up, and then families started started to move there, and now with the families, that now it's kind of become this family district where people move to raise their kids. Right. But it also means that, that all all the clubs that were in the area are vanishing. They they just all have to move away either because there's suddenly a family next door. They could have known maybe when they moved next to a club that yeah. could be loud, but because it's Germany and you, you just, if something is a little bit too loud, you just immediately phone the police. Um, it's so funny, actually. We have the same thing going on here, mm. actually, with this very club, Slims. Really? Uh, several years ago, we had a neighbor that uh, lived you know, behind us uh, and that would call the police almost every night, even when we weren't open, wow. and complain about the noise. Mm. So uh, eventually we had to, uh, they, we got our uh, alcohol permit suspended for <gasps> 10 days. Dang. So luckily we have, uh, we have another music venue, the Great American Music Hall. Uh, we have a festival and we do other things. So we, are, we were able to survive that. But most businesses can't survive 10 days with no income. No. They, they simply go under. So, mm. and that has happened. Uh, this whole block here it used to be all nightclubs, bars. Very bustling nightlife, and just one after the other, they they started falling. Mm -hmm. And for this very reason, because when this area was first started, it was mostly industrial. There wasn't a whole lot of people around here. So when you sign your permits, you know it didn't matter that it said no, absolutely no noise can be heard outside the boundaries of this building. Mm -hmm. eh, it didn't really mean much back then. Mm -hmm. Now when you have people buying million dollar condos just a block away. They don't like drunk people on the street and mm -hmm. music playing and all the things that go along with it, even though they knew very well that it they was there when they got the here. for the lively, bustling. Right. And that is, you know, conceivably one of the reasons why it was attractive to them in the first place. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, so it's very interesting that you guys have that same thing going on there. Mm -hmm. And is it, uh, I know that Berlin does have a little bit of a tech scene. I, obviously, it's not the same as in San Francisco where we have Google and Twitter and stuff like that and a million startups every day. Mm -hmm. But uh, I know SoundCloud got started in, in Berlin and they still are headquartered there. Yeah. Uh, there are other, um, a lot, but again, it's mostly artistically minded stuff, like you said. So uh, is that having an effect on things where all of a sudden a certain class of people are getting a lot more money than everybody else? Um, even Even that, people don't make that much money still in Berlin. Mm -hmm. There's a few... But not as the the disparity isn't as nuts as here. Funnily enough, we have exact the parallel to your place here. Oh really? There is the Essel Thirty Six, okay, which is a famous old punk club Iggy Pop played right, there yeah. back in the day. Uh, with the David Bowie exactly Low album around that time, right? Yes, and they have exactly the same problem because mm. they're in one of the main Kreuzberg, where before the wall came down, all the punks were and stuff and. So, mm -hmm. so I mean, I hear about these artists coming in and displacing people, and if there's no money to be earned and these artists don't have an income, how exactly are they displacing people? I mean, uh, it, it it's a bit too fast, uh, I guess, to say that they are just displacing people. I, I guess that there's, I mean, you always hear, um, hear it that, that they're called the scouts of gentrification, because uh, yeah. they because they, the <laughs> they come they come to an uh, they come to an area. Um, uh, which has maybe, uh, like available space. Like right. in Berlin, you have, you have, you have, you still have lots of kind of old factory buildings and like uh, old, uh, uh de deposit, uh, places which, which are not being used. And then somebody, uh, and then, and then an artist might, 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 might buy it. Sometimes the, 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 the people who own it give it away for kind of a limited time and say, you can have this cheap for one year because I don't have anyone right now who can, who wants to take this. So I have this, um, so it's at least kind of, I have some income in that place. So they go there and then, and then they start some, some events maybe and people see, oh, there's people coming here. So, yeah. so they open up maybe a little, a little kind of place cafe. close to a cafe. And then, and then, and, and, and this can set, set these things in motion, obviously. I mean, in some areas it works better and some, in some not, like we had some areas. Where people kind of predicted this will be the new Neukölln, and it's just not happening because sometimes it doesn't build that momentum. Um, uh, so it, it doesn't have to go that way, but it but it can be it, it can be kind of the start of uh, a transformation of an of an area. And, and when people say, "Okay, there's there, there's money coming to to that area in the form of people who who, go, who are going to see these events," um, right? Then then obviously. There's people who 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 get afraid. Okay, now this owned oh, now this area might get might get uh, uh, transformed, and it, it might happen what happened in in other areas that this might become a hip area, and 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 uh, for example, uh, like um, old people who might have lived in this area for twenty, thirty, or, or longer years, might be afraid that they will have to move out in a few years because the rents might go up. Uh, they might have. Yeah, it's it's the very same thing as here, basically. Yeah. I think. Oh, it's it's something uh, very interesting. This uh, cycle that uh, I have a, I have something that I <laughs> that I say to my wife all the time. Um, she's mixed race, but uh, uh, when talking about white people, I always say white people uh, they destroy everything they love. 
Uh, <laughs> they do. Simply by loving it, they the destroy buffalo. it. So, <laughs> that's one example. <laughs> yep. Them buffaloes were fucking good as shit. Mm -hmm. Destroyed the fuck out of them. Well, you still have but, some uh, in the park here, I hear. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Have you seen those? No, not yet. We look forward to Very it. Very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> They're just there by the side of the road. But, um, yeah, it's this whole uh, cyclical process of uh, an area being sort of abandoned. And then some people that sort of either go there out of necessity or they see something in it yeah. that they want to bring out. And then by bringing that out, uh, you start to attract people that uh, ultimately cause the death of it. Yeah. So, uh, and presumably those places were populated by people at some point previously, and whatever caused them to leave is probably the same cycle that uh, <laughs> that is taking yeah. place now. Though I think the cyclical nature is one of the things that gives you hope because, um, of course, you have something like Manhattan, which just keeps getting more and more expensive, and there's no end in sight. But in Berlin, uh, for instance, there are enough parts of town that the the fun places can just sort of wander across it. And yeah, then, of course, if you stay in one place, you're stuck at some point with all the young families. and, and... But there is still so much empty space and so much you know, grassroots stuff going on. Like, as you said, you know, how does that go to the get there, the gentrification with the no making money? There's always, um, kids putting on shows and stuff for, you know, just for the heck of it. And in Berlin, the usual, uh, and entrance fee to go to any event is maybe three euros at most. And so it's, and that's also how the comedy started. There was one improv, uh, group, that has since turned into uh, Germany's comedy sports team. And from that, um, one season, I played with them for, I think, three years. And from that, a bunch of kids came who were like, well, I want to do stand-up comedy. And they just, you Berlin, there's enough space. You can just go out and do it. And they started doing it. And now it's gotten to the point where you can do, you can see English-speaking comedy every night of the week. And it's gotten, because there's such an influx of expats into town also, um, it's gotten to the point where it even makes sense for bigger venues to invite people. Um, they've recently had Margaret Cho, Russell Brand played at the Admiralspalast. Mm. Eddie Izzard just spent a month and a half um, doing, he came last year doing an English-speaking show. He's now doing a show in German, which is hilarious. Really? And there's just so much going on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the the established clubs uh, really notice that there's this this big big scene going on like right. kind of underground, in the, in the smaller venues, and and picked up on it and started also to have these English speaking night, uh, nights. And there's and there's actually German comics who do English sets on these things. Like it's that it's that it's it's much more uh, vibrant, I guess, and and energetic than the, than the German scene in a, in a way. Yeah, and it's and right now it's really nice because it's becoming more. Uh, more mixed up and more uh, globalized. There are more people going to England. There are English people going here. One of our good friends, um, the the motherfucking David Deary, who's awesome. <laughs> Guys, look him up on Google. He just played in Estonia. I mean, they go to Finland, they go wow. to Norway, and there's enough English-speaking population there that it works. So you mentioned um, the, the way that these um, little 
isolated groups sort of sort of start forming their own little things and building something out of nothing and then mm -hmm. uh, more established uh, clubs or whatever sort of see that oh there's something here and mm -hmm. then they sort of get involved with it mm -hmm. and uh, I'm wondering in the in the context of Berlin and San Francisco as well at what point does this become exploitation where where it ceases to be about the art and and moves into the territory of exploiting something that's going on and eventually creating the death of it. Um, well, I think, especially in comedy, we're very lucky, lucky, um, to be in such a small country because even if it's the big venues, you can hardly get to the level of audience that you can have here just because we're way less people. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, people are always, you know, like, oh, they, they ruined it. We used to be there when it was cool and now it's being, now right. everybody's into it. Where it's, whereas we're like, you know, on the other hand, if a few more people listen to it, maybe some of them even have a bit more money than whoever's, you know, out at, at the venues, somebody might even be able to live off that, which would be right. lovely. Cause yeah. Berlin is filled with people who, you know, we came here to San Francisco. After we had booked the flights, we found out that this is actually right now the most expensive town in the U.S. And we were like, oh, dear God. What did we do? Yeah. Because for us, our cost of living is very, very uh, low. Yeah. So it's 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 very vibrant, but it's all at a very uh, low frequency level. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think in this in this case, I would say it's it 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 will there's there's not a big danger that it will kind of that the bigger clubs will take something away from it because this this scene is kind of uh, there's 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 lots of people who would who would uh, probably not apply in one of these big clubs but they feel very comfortable in these smaller places with with the with the kind of audience that comes there and this audience will will, will probably also not go to to these big professional clubs you know that's an audience that that, that either live in this area uh it's a very young audience uh they don't have much money and and they go to these places where where they pay like three three to five euros and have a and have a beer afterwards. Um, and, and you get a <coughs> shot. You get a shot with those three euros in at some the door. places. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this this doesn't um, this doesn't. There's no. I don't see a big uh, thing there of, of exploitation, but also. And that's a very but, friendly but also, I think scene, because, especially. But also because there's in general there's there's just not much money in there, even for the like like a. Uh, uh, and, and this seems to be similar here. Like it seems to be easy to to go to like the mid level to be booked for shows, but like we were booked for a few show, shows here after people saw us at open mics, and you get like ten or twenty right. dollars. Yeah. Uh, so which you can is buy lovely. like which is lovely. Yeah, you <laughs> you can buy two beers with it. But it's understandable that uh, you, you understand that, that that it's a long hard way, especially in in, in a place like this. Uh, um, in California in general, where you have a huge comedy scene with many new people coming up um, all the time with new material um, to kind of reach reach a higher level where it's actually possible to get booked for gigs and, and have some kind of fee that kind of is, is in balance. Is there an effort uh, to be able to create these mechanisms where artists can start to sustain themselves on their art yeah people... and there is i mean there is there is there they are of two minds about it because um 
some of them are what <laughs> were you saying something yes, I was. please okay go ahead <laughs> <laughs> i mean people think about it in, in 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 berlin people obviously think about how how could we make this work you know and uh, of course people would uh if if you do something uh um if you try to establish a career with with what you love obviously you want to make it work that at some somehow you you could get some money out of it in in the sense that you make money with the thing that you love you know right um so people think think about that but like in in, in a city uh, like berlin um there seems to be lots of resig resignation about that uh so, so, so it's more like in Berlin, you have to carry the art that you do. You have to carry it outside of the city okay. to kind of the parts of Germany that where have money, <laughs> that have money actually for this stuff. So you go to smaller cities where there's not such a big scene, where there's not such, such big competition, where if you come from Berlin, it's a little bit more of a highlight. <clears throat> um, and, and there's also other parts of Germany who have, who have like much more funding in general for the whole cultural, um, the whole, uh, whole cultural scene so so many artists uh, and that counts for dancers for uh, uh, musicians for visual artists uh, many many artists have to go away from Berlin to make money and then they live in Berlin hmm. and sometimes sometimes they're not they're not in Berlin <laughs> a lot of time in the year yeah like they go away for residencies and they go away to do a project here and a project there, and then they come back for a few weeks, and then they, then they're gone again. And it's and it's I think it's it's the same for musicians as it is for comedy people in Berlin, because everybody's always like, oh yeah, music from Berlin, wow. Yeah. But um, the friends that I have um who do music, they make all their money outside the Touring. city. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, talking about money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The artistic community tends to uh, tread more on the socialist side of things just by sheer, you know, uh, artistic mindset. Mm -hmm. You're sort of adverse to money. Money is seen as, you know, selling out, things like that. But given Germany's history with socialism, is there a, an aversion to that is there any sort of cultural taboo towards uh thinking about things in that way after after world war ii what? no not at all i think one of the big things um in germany is that there is a lot of uh subsidies from the state regarding art so that is one thing you find in the arts be it um dance music anything that a lot of times the artists are not trying to sell their art to the public to right. buying customers, but they're trying to sell it to the state to get subsidies. I don't know if uh -huh. it's similar here. Yeah, well, not so much these days because mm -hmm. the money is drying up. Um, but yeah, uh, artists work for grants exactly. and things like that. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Same thing for uh, journalism, stuff like that. People, people try and get grants to be able to pay for their projects. Yeah, exactly. Where, where I think, you know, having a bit of a more, uh, uh, a business savvy mindset might help in some cases. Okay. Um, but it is, I think, a, a very big difference, uh, to places like LA, which okay. I think is so hyper business minded. Or maybe that's just my impression, but. Well, LA is a huge city, so it's hard to say that it's Fair one, enough. one particular way. Yeah. And I think there's also, I'm from LA originally, so I, I grew up 
as being a native of LA. Mm -hmm. And then moving up here to the Bay Area, I um, sort of dealt for the first time with outsiders' perspectives of LA and what they thought LA was like. There's a big rivalry between San Francisco and LA that exists almost solely in the mind of San Franciscans. (laughs) Uh, Really, it tells you a lot about the people from LA. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) People from LA really don't give a fuck. But um, it's... It evolves from baseball, essentially. The teams, you know, there's a rivalry between the teams, but people in San Francisco like to think of themselves as very real and open-minded, and L.A. is fake. Oh. Sounds about right. Yeah. You know, it's right if you're talking about uh, if you're talking about the stereotype of L.A., which is the Hollywood people, the people that move there and want to be actors, but most mm-hmm. of them aren't from L.A., the people from L.A., are just normal people that have lived there their whole lives and go to a job and, you know, have friends and went to high school. Exactly. And, you know, they just do what they do. And they're some of the realest people you'll ever meet. But that's not what st- L.A. gets stereotyped as. So, <laughs> they're not the loud people in the... <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, you get you get all the attention focused on a minority and then that becomes the face of this city. And um, that's actually it's kind of sidetracking here, but... Uh, one of the things with San Francisco that is that makes it such a unique city is that it is such a transient city. And I don't know if this is the same for Berlin, that uh, many of the people that live in San Francisco are from other places. And they come here uh, to find themselves. They come here for work. They come here because somehow they identify with what it represents. Um, so you end up getting this constant cycle of people coming and leaving and so you don't get the same kind of pride that you might get with someone who was born and raised Mm. and lived there their whole life and cares about you know the person that lives next to them and whether there's garbage on the street or not and you know all these little things that make an area desirable um but it sounds I, very similar to, to Berlin also. Is that like, the case as well? Lots, lots of fluctuation also. Lots of people who are there just, just for a month, for a year. Um, and, and people, yeah, there's this thing, there's the, 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 this, the, there's a famous saying, uh, Kennedy said it? No? Ich, ich bin ein Berliner? Yeah. Right, yeah. And uh, so there's people in Berlin walking around with shirts that say, <laughs> Du bist kein Berliner, which means you, you are not a Berliner. Really? <laughs> to, to, to kind of make, make clear, I, I was born here. And you're just some guy visiting the city because it's hip, right? And kind of uh, trying to make a thing here. But 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 there's people who welcome you, and there's ones who do not, <laughs> right? Well, but it's 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 in a funny way because um, Berlin is known for its uh, gruff nature. Uh-huh. It's called the Berliner Schnauze, which okay. is the the Berlin uh, snout. Snout, yeah, yeah. Which is in in the olden days. Uh, when you came into a bakery and you said, "I'd like a bread," and the lady would be like. What do you want? What? Yeah, whatever. Go. And that was the the hearty. Yeah. Uh, I, I want a million dollars. Nobody's gonna give that to me. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but that even that's changed a lot. Um. A bit. But but I mean I. I well, okay. Like, compared to here, it's still very grumpy. But. Yeah, it's it's a lot more yeah. grumpy. San Francisco's which, not which a is, grumpy city, really. I I always say like it's it's grumpy, but it's but it's. Uh, it's authentic, maybe, a little bit. The most authentic experience I had was when I tried to take a pair of boots to uh, the the boot the shoemaker. Yeah. And this was in 2000. 
four maybe and this was a this was in the eastern part of berlin which itself is a whole different mindset again right. from being the gdr before and it was this dark little thing and he came out of his workshop i swear to god you walk in and there was the pelt of a squirrel nailed to the wall <laughs> And the guy comes in from his workshop, and I was like, I'd, I'd like the heels on these boots fixed. And he's like, no. And I was like, again? <laughs> no, not going to do it. And I was like, well, why? I don't need to tell you. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll be going now. <laughs> wow. And so that was like the Berlin. Uh, yeah, do they use Yelp in Berlin? Uh, n nowadays, yes. <laughs> that might be one of the reasons it's changed. Yeah, that's there's there's lots of grumpy comments also on on, on like 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 people are very are very they take lots of time uh, 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 voicing their 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 their, their discomfort right <laughs> and like the stuff that they didn't like about a place yeah, yeah. The, the the I mean the Germans in general but like they don't need the Yelp they'll they'll just tell you in the street if you're doing something wrong and they don't like it yes which is which is really kind of uh, I mean this is so different here people are people are very friendly. I mean, sometimes to the point that I think, could you, could we have a real conversation and not just kind of right. have this thank Small you, talk. have this thank you, how do you do thing, which is, which is sometimes, yeah, it's, sometimes it, it feels like it's on the other end of what we have. Like, like, like people, people uh, in Germany say, say like, uh, it's like the service desert. Okay. Like the, the service booster, <laughs> which means like people, people don't give a shit about being right. friendly <laughs> or about actually kind of being friendly to sell something to you or being friendly to to just make you feel good in in the place right um like uh they will they will be grumpy uh and 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 think it's 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 a nice character thing right um, and and and, it's, and that it's charming in a way so it's kind of at the at the at the other end of here where people say say thank you uh, a lot of times right like yesterday in the place where we were in the yeah. restaurant like like every little thing that we did, uh, uh, the 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 waitress said thank you to and yeah, which that is a weird cultural thing that I that I noticed. And, and yeah. she kept re refilling our glasses, where I'm like, I I can refill that glass myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, I they both have their pros and cons, I think. Yeah, maybe a mix of both would be nice. Yeah, um, it's Americans in general are very, uh, well. I'd say, yeah, in general, they're, they're very, they want to help. They want to, they want to be nice. They want you to think that they're a good person deep down. So, you know, it's, <laughs> which they're not. <laughs> maybe oh, they, they are. are, maybe they aren't, you know, <laughs> you, you might say please and thank you to everyone, but still have a girl tied up in your basement. I mean, that's the, that's the <laughs> what American was the San way. Francisco? I'm pretty sure it's consensual in that case. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, uh, you know, it's, it's this, um, false, politeness that everyone puts forward in, in America. Are we okay over there? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> just gonna put just almost nice And I, I noticed uh, when traveling around Europe, it's not not like that in other places. They you know, People are not willing to help you most of the time. <laughs> you know, they may be polite enough, but they don't want you to inconvenience them. So. Well, they, I mean, it's uh, I don't know, because I, a lot of times, and especially German, so I, I wanna, I wanna mitigate that a bit, cause Germany gets a bad rap about, yeah, being, being unhelpful stern. and stuff and stern. But I mean, people are usually nice. I mean, people try to help, and if you oh, look yeah. really lost, they'll help. But 
it's all the also the thing it's it's from both sides like in germany if you go into a shop germans will become very uncomfortable if the shop person comes up and can i help you can i do anything for you right. and they're like i just they're like minnesotans a bit so they just want to you know keep to themselves and look at stuff in peace right. and it's yeah i think but it's getting it's getting nicer it's getting warmer <laughs> so uh what about um, what about San Francisco is is standing out to you the most? Uh, coming from well, first of all, have you ever been here previous to this? Is this your first trip? It's my first. Okay. I was here the last time when I was fourteen. Okay. So taking your perception of what San Francisco was going to be, how how does that differ from what is actually what you're experiencing firsthand? Are there things that you expected that you didn't end up seeing or uh, the other way around? Good I question. I thought there'd be more group sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's San Francisco of old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean, you, yeah, you, you have obviously a very twisted um, uh, perception and, and uh, pictures in your head, what the stuff you might see here and, and you might do here. And lots of that is, is obviously, I guess, similar to people who could come to Berlin is things that's like far away in the past. Um, I mean, this, this, um, and, and the things that I was thinking of when, 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 when dreaming about coming here was obviously kind of this, the, the city as, as, as birthplace of lots of underground culture, of underground comics, um, of, uh, uh, a huge mu music scene here. Right. So, so I, I, um, I I saw it as this kind of uh, um, vibrant, yeah, the place where, where lots of stuff started out, and that's and that's uh, still here. It can still be uh, felt, um, but but it's I wouldn't say depressing, but but <laughs> but it, uh, um, um, you come here and you realize um, that that lots of this vibrant culture is is on the move and it's kind right, of going yeah. away like lots of people said that lots of people who were who were here and made the scene what it is have now gone to gone to portland or they have gone to oakland right so this kind of underground scene is moving there i, I read an article today that listed all the galleries that have closed in the, in the last years and that are about to, to close or, or yeah. are being evicted from their places so that's so that's saddening, um, and 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 people said you 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 just came at the right time where there's still lots of that here. It might right. not be here in 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 a few years. Um, so uh, we uh, the more I see it, the more I hope that the the momentum that's there right now, which is people standing up, which is which is good, uh, and 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 the mom the momentum that's being built. Uh, will actually lead to certain things that will hopefully slow down some of these effects. Like, like there's this. Um, um, I read about these plans that that, that the Alice Act might get appealed, repealed. Okay. Um, um, that there's politicians who who are thinking about that. Um, that is a that is a big thing in in San Francisco right now. The Ellis Act mm -hmm. is being used to, for people that don't know. It's being used to uh, as a sort of loophole to mm -hmm. be able to evict people from places where they've lived or done business for many many years. 
And basically, what for those who don't know what the Ellis Act is, is it was meant to give property owners the ability to go out of the business of renting. Uh, so if you say, I don't want to rent anymore, you are free to do that, and you're free to uh, evict the tenants you have and turn it into a, just a place to live or whatever you choose to do with it. Now, there are lots of restrictions if you do that. You know, you can't re-rent it within a certain amount of time. You can't, uh, you can't, you have to probably live there yourself, most likely. Uh, there's a lot of details, but it provides the context for people to uh, pull properties that were once um, rented and turn them into condos, for instance. Yeah. So that is one of the loopholes is that you can go out of the rental business and go into the selling business. Mm -hmm. So now a lot of property owners, because there's such an opportunity, because there's a shortage, shortage of housing, there is um, a pretty booming tech scene, a lot of young people with money that you know, are spending it at cafes and restaurants and all these you know, cool things that... Um, mm -hmm. They're, they finally want to get something out of their property. So, you know, I, I kind of understand both sides, but it is being used in a lot of cases to um, evict people that don't have the means to defend themselves and uh, the knowledge of the system or the ability to take part in the system because they're just trying to, to scrape by and survive. Mm -hmm. So um, I just wanted to explain that for some people that might not know what the Ellis Act is. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and 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 what I also read is uh, that 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 uh, oftentimes people will use this loophole who weren't even uh, landlords in the first place. They're just kind oh. of uh, uh, real estate um, agents, speculators who 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 um, who pose as landlords and and who weren't even in the in the rental business. Wow. So this so this doesn't even really apply to them but because it's there they can use it to kind of uh, 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 buy a building uh, get get the the, the tenants uh, out and then and then modernize it and and turn it into condos right so that's so 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 pe people are thinking about uh, changing this this uh, closing this this loophole loophole which is a good thing and and which is one thing that 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 uh, hopefully might slow down this um, yeah. This whole this whole process of of uh, people get getting thrown out. Another and... big problem is a lot of, uh, especially in the mission, um, where there are a lot of uh, Mexican, Salvadoran, Honduran owned businesses that have been there since seventies, eighties, nineties, and they were you know back in the day these businesses were established on a handshake. You know, with uh, people from their own country where, you know, I'm helping you out, you help me out. You know, it's all loosey-goosey. And now 2014 comes and these people realize, oh, shit, they don't have a lease. Yeah. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And they can't do anything. <laughs> this month your rent is 1200 bucks. Next month your rent is going to be 6000 bucks. It is nuts. It is really crazy. Is this? Are you starting to see some of these things happen in Berlin, or has it not quite gotten to that extent yet? Well, there's a thing that Germany has a lot of laws regarding stuff like that, so you can't okay. actually do things like that. Oh. You can't do it that easily. I mean, okay. um, if if people don't pay their rent regularly, 
if they kind of uh, if they kind of uh, and even if it's little things break the contract that they have with the, with right, the landlords yeah. then it's possible to evict them um, yeah but you can't just evict a family that's lived there for 30 years yeah. and then hike the rent like there's there's that's also a, a, there's a, a maximum that you can raise rent in within a right, given time yeah. frame and stuff so mm-hmm. it's it's fairly uh fairly fairly well uh taken care of and the thing though that that boggles my mind is that then so often countries will look at stuff that other countries are doing not looking at whether it works or not just going like oh that's different let's do that and so germany has taken stuff from the u.s Mm -hmm. or you're like why that makes no sense (laughs) uh but yeah maybe uh, not the right place to be looking (laughs) we don't have everything together here contrary to popular belief (laughs) yeah what i'm uh, I, i mean one thing i i i hope um what what we see here is that the whole tech industry uh, has has become for for many people kind of the the the, the, the bogeyman right yeah um, for this whole transformation which in part it's it's true I guess they are a big uh, they are a big factor in the in this whole constellation but it, um, um, at the same time it seems strange to blame them for for right, everything yeah. Um, because there's there's also just kind of certain certain uh, systematic uh, uh, movements yeah. of, of capitalism that kind of propel these things. Right. But but I mean, what I think what what would be great happen if they if they took this chance um, to transform this image by by getting active in in this whole like like if they uh, I mean they, they are already investing in in like um, infrastructure and there's there's there's, there's companies who like. Uh, who like invest in, in in social institutions in in town, and that's good. And, and I think they they should do that even more, and maybe even do things like support support certain groups and, and institutions that, that 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 help people fight these kind of evictions, um, and get counseling for that, and maybe get get get, get legal help for that. So if if they would show that they that they that, that this stuff does not go by them and that they care about the kind of social climate in the city where they are uh where they've established them, them themselves then uh then this this might yeah this, this might be a um this might be a good thing for this whole issue now what what is the uh activism uh scene like in berlin are are people you know all over europe right now there's Revolts, riots, people protesting in the streets, burning, <laughs> pillaging, yeah. for good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is this is this going on in Berlin? Are people that engaged, or is it a little bit more ennui? We well, say? I mean, generally political. There's always some demonstration going on in Berlin, just because it's the capital. Um, but there is, of course, if we're again looking at the uh the parallels there's you know anti gentrification protests and there was we don't there's a tragic lack of ocean in berlin mm-hmm. so we only have the river we have right. the spree and there was a big discussion because all the media companies mtv everybody uh wants to be in these big uh, halls that are along the river right. and there was this whole discussion because that was that used to be the uh the divider between right. East and West Berlin. So there was a lot of empty space there. And so now all the big companies want to build stuff there, whereas 
the rest of the city is going like, wait a minute, this is public property. This is where we get to be. Don't. And so there's a, a constant discussion going on about stuff like that. But I mean, looking at, at more serious stuff, like in the, at the moment, Ukraine and Russia right, and yeah. stuff, Berlin is, yeah, it's, it's hipsters protesting and then the old yeah. Berliners protesting the hipsters. And <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it also hasn't gotten, I guess, the, to the to the kind of uh, crisis um, tipping point moment that it's that that has come to here. So I think right now, here it's understandable that that that, that people get active because um, because I mean, the city's right now like like the second or even first uh, uh, um, uh, biggest uh, country. Uh, um, uh, um, from from the rents like rents wise oh yeah mm -hmm. most expensive the most yeah, um, the most expensive city in, in in the country and and berlin is is far away from that right um, so it's not that hard hard pressing but i mean there we had a we had a big series of of uh of people lighting lighting expensive cars on fire really like 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 the, i don't know if it's still happening but but like in the last years like, like people use this 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 burning paste stuff and and they put it on the on the wheels of like expensive cars and there were lots of cars going up in fire um kind of to 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 demonstrate um uh, against um capitalism and capitalism the elites and 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 gentrification which um, is an interesting thing in Germany that then the politicians are like yes we must stop the left they're a bunch of hooligans and right. set stuff on fire where you're like yeah they set your car on fire there's nazis in in out in the countryside, right. who light people on fire? Shouldn't that be more of a concern? You'd think so. You'd think, right? <laughs> so. So there's yeah. In in parts is it's it's even more extreme, but but uh, the general public I think does not yet uh, have this kind of urgent state of okay, we got to stand up now. This is the, these changes are uh, like this transfer transformations becoming dangerous for everyone well i think i think the danger and um, the steep drop of of running into poverty and homelessness isn't as crass in germany That's as it true, is yeah. here right there's i mean there's net. a there's a social net that will catch you in some form or another mm -hmm. which here it's scary i think yeah and as you asked what what we noticed coming over here um just the keeping the mentally ill out on the streets like that mm. very disconcerting yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you can thank Reagan for that one. Yeah, we heard. We heard. Yeah. <laughs> lots lots more craziness on the streets. Although there is also fun craziness. One of the funnest things I've seen since we got here was an an older dude in his tie-dye shirt uh -huh. carrying a tiny tiny dog. Yeah. Careening down the street on his Segway, listening to Papa Was a Rolling Stone on a set <laughs> of of speakers that he had mounted on the Segway, which is you can't get that in Germany. That no. was that was pretty special. Mental illness. <laughs> the next stage of comedy. Uh, well, do you think that it's um, that Germany disproportionately benefits from um, the European Union situation, where some of these other countries, uh, Spain, uh, maybe not as much, and that has something to do with why people aren't feeling the crunch as much as uh, some other places um i don't i don't know i think germany is in general just doing fairly well mm -hmm. but 
And this is where we run into the thing, because I try to read up on the news as much as possible, but the whole European Union issues, because it's so, that, now that for us is, is some, would be something tricky to do a song about, because right. there's so many different opinions of what would work, has what Germany has been doing for Greece, has that made it worse, has that made it better. And We're so only making funny songs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in general. Germany is on, is on the winning side of that whole equation, because we we um, we export so much. Like like we it's a big export nation, and 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 and, and um, uh, there's a lot of criticism that that Germany kind of uh, gets states into the European Union, so then that they can sell them stuff. Mm. I mean, like you support. You support these countries and you give them money to, to buy your build up their infrastructure. But at the end, you know that this money is coming back to you because you're, do, you're also doing all these contracts with them to sell them all kinds of equipments to, 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 to build right. infrastructure there. You're selling them cars uh, and not like, pub, like uh, commuter cars, but like vehicles of all kinds. Right. Uh, so, so there's a lots of, lots of that going on. And, yeah. and Germany is oftentimes on, on the winning side of that. Yeah, but I think Germany also, I mean, Germany is like, you know, the, uh, of, of the European countries, it is one of the more, you know, this, this slightly stuffy older dad who's like, you know, we're trying to do good here, but right. you're gonna have to work harder. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not cool by any means. Um, which is kind but of they interesting. Try, they it's also a try and hold sword, it together. They also try and hold it together, which I think is, I think they're propelling a, a, a good development in many ways, but but there's also states who who where where lots of people are not sure if if they are actually yet kind of um, able to to go with these developments as a form of state, and 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 who are and who might be just from from the way that 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 things were 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 done there before, like speaking of corruption and stuff and and. and Speaking of different different forms of, of politics, that maybe it would have been good to wait a little longer to to incorporate them, and, and, now, and now there there's lots of money kind of put in there. Yeah, uh, but, but again, that's why I think that's why I think Germany is is what I like about it is that it's going well. No, come on, come on board, come on board. You can figure it out. Come on, let's do it. And I know I so you can tell we're going on onto right, thinner right. ice, poly, long, right, like right. the sure-footedness of. Well, I think. Um, I think the interesting comparison would be here in America, we have pretty much the same kind of setup where we uh, give money to uh, poorer nations. I think and most et cetera, industrialized et cetera. countries do that. They no? do. But I mean, the reason that we do it is 100% for our own benefit. It's, mm -hmm. it, it has nothing to do with helping the people there because all this um, money essentially goes to the government, not to the people, and then the government use it to buy weapons from <laughs> American companies. So yeah. you you get this thing where one we're propping up uh, other countries, you know, financially to benefit uh, our private industry yeah. here. What, but also at the same time, where is this money coming from? You're essentially extract extracting money from the public through taxes giving it to people over here so then it can then be given to private corporations that, which is a very very is, sticky yeah. situation yeah. but mm -hmm. it's i mean i would say uh in comparison selling people cars eh, you know not so bad <laughs> yeah, well 
I mean, no, but Germany also has a thing of selling weapons to countries. That's yeah, of um, course. <laughs> <laughs> boy, yeah. <laughs> Dang. So, yeah. <laughs> wait, uh, so okay. To just, but this is a bit of a departure from your usual podcast uh, theme-wise. No, yes. Well, I I think about this podcast as being more about uh, learning about the wide variety of of perceptions out there mm-hmm. and the wide variety of of ways of seeing the world and interpreting what's going on around us. Yeah. And I think one of the most interesting things is that in talking to artists, in talking to musicians, comedians, anyone creative, is that these are the people that are out there thinking about things. These are the people that are out there confronting topics, confronting taboos, processing them, and and internalizing and figuring out how to put it back out there for the world to understand. And so you get a perspective from artists that you don't see represented very much in mainstream media, in television, uh, anywhere but you know on the internet because yeah. the freedom to broadcast these things in a format such as this just didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like to let conversations go wherever they go. <laughs> And I think um, talking about things that you might not expect would be related actually produce some of the most profound results. Yeah. So if you're talking to people that are, are like yourselves, musicians, uh, visual artists, uh, performance artists, um, you get the interpretation of someone who's interpreting the world. Yeah. And most people walk down the street, they... And they don't see as an artist would see. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes what makes an artist is that you look. You take it in and then you, you transform it right. through your view and then put it out. And you try to... I feel so much better about myself right now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm just talking out of my ass. You're like, you're like, I'm the shit. <laughs> but no, I mean, I... I Interpreting the world. And it's fine if you, if you don't have a... Per, um, any kind of perspective on a particular issue, you can let me know that you don't have any. <laughs> oh, we have to say so many perspectives. <laughs> but I, you know, I think it is interesting to delve a little bit deeper and tackle subjects that you, you know, might not even come up in a normal conversation mm-hmm. um, or in a normal interview, for sure. Yeah. Uh, because to me, that's you know, that's the wonder of having this technology available is that we can broadcast our ideas to each other and we can listen to what other people have to say and not be relying on the programming yeah. to form One of the our worldview. Good things about living in the future. Yeah, definitely. And and that's also, I mean, so one thing we still have to say, I mean, as much as in conversations, I've I've noticed this also talking with friends from Sweden cuz we look in Germany, we look at Sweden and say, "Oh, they're you know, I mean, we have a good socialized medicine and stuff, right. but they're even even more so. I mean, they have insane taxes, right? but you get a lot for your money. And so we look at them, and they'll be, they'll be whining and saying, no, it's going to the dogs, the whole country is in uh-huh. decline. And so it's always also funny to see which baseline people are starting from, because, I mean, all of us, we can basically go. No, we live in pretty awesome. We can we can have these opinions. Right, we yeah. can do podcasts without being shut down or, or, yeah, clobbered or anything, <laughs> which is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think um, one of the reasons that I decided to start this podcast is because 
uh, and this ties into what we were saying before about creating a, creating mechanisms that benefit people, mm-hmm. you know, rather than than viewing capitalism in the traditional sense, which is here's a resource, let me extract the wealth from that resource, yeah. and damn the consequences. Um, I think there is. Uh, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a capitalist. But I do see that there are ways that we haven't um, haven't explored in terms of capitalism, and that is using um, using our our brains to to look at something and say, okay, well, there are negative consequences here. We need to reward positive consequences yeah. rather than negative. So create mechanisms where uh, slims in the music hall as venues. Um, we benefit from more people knowing about the artists that we book. Mm -hmm. So by taking it upon ourselves to expose people uh, and uh, give those artists a platform, that that benefits us and it benefits them. And it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, conceivably there's no downside to that. And when you start to think of things in, in this mindset, it, Things don't look so bleak. Yeah. You know, obviously, it's very, very difficult to change the paradigm, but I think um, that we can use media like this. We can use the connectivity we have to as a way to prop each other up. Yeah. Uh, in ways that we never had access to before, and so that more so than a specific topic or uh, a genre or anything like that. To me, that's what the podcast is really about, and that's the. That's the goal of it, is mm-hmm. to explore different thought processes and expose people to different uh, kinds of thinking, uh, different kinds of music, different kinds of art, and let people know that it's, you know, there's so much variety out there that we should celebrate it and we should encourage it because yeah. art is, is what changes the world. It's not politics, it's art and culture and controlling the narrative of what people believe as normal is what changes the world so that's that's my perspective and things will tend to veer in different directions (laughs) but i think that's all part of the part of the process of figuring this out yeah well then i think i think you you'd really uh like it in in berlin especially because that's exactly the way everything there works um Mm. as for example the, the comedy scene that we're in, it is very much about supporting each other and making it a, a network and right. making making that um, the best way to get yeah as many views and stuff out there as possible. Um, the one thing the one thing that worries me a bit about capitalism as it's done today is um, as you say you know you can get all these different opinions out and you can talk about stuff, but it just gets absorbed and has, right, and the yeah. effect goes away mm-hmm. because it's just like, okay, we'll just incorporate that right. in, in the whole big, big blob. And, and the, I mean, of course you, you can still have something like Pussy Riot, for instance. Right. Um, but something like them actually has a, a bigger impact in a country that doesn't have yeah. the, the freedom of speech and freedom of opinion. Here, people can say, the craziest stuff they want to, it yeah. has no effect whatsoever. Yeah, that's true. Except when they're politicians. 
Yeah, but like for instance, I mean, you can have like the who did it? Was it Colbert's roast of of Bush? Or maybe there was at the press. uh, There's the White House press dinner, and they always do a bit of gentle ribbing. And Uh I think it was Colbert who did a roast of Bush, and it was just scathing. Yeah. And it was just, and you can't imagine any other country where that would be the case that somebody gets to talk to the at the president like that. But then on the other hand, you're like, well, why does he get to do that? Right. He gets to do that because there is no consequence. Well, I think also there's a, there's a certain amount of theater involved mm. in politics in the United States. Uh, <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. I would say it's more theater than it is actual politics. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that the whole culture um, across the board hasn't come to terms with quite yet. Um, but, um, actually that's probably going to be the majority of the discussion we have on our next episode, uh, because the, the guest that we have on is very focused on, um, the lack of credibility with mainstream media and how often they just take things and run without verifying any facts, how they just are essentially many of the major news networks are just republishing press releases yes not researching not doing their own investigation not Mm. fact checking Mm -hmm. these things and i think you know obviously most of the politicians are smart people they know this is the case and they use it to their advantage and um that's to me one of the biggest problems is the the mainstream culture as defined by uh mainstream media as it currently exists um, and that's one of the reasons why I think things like this are important is that we need to have ways to put it out there to people yeah. that that's bullshit. <laughs> Almost everything you're seeing on TV is complete and utter bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's based on absolutely nothing. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know if it's the same case in, in Europe where it's, uh, it seems like politics are mainly for show. <laughs> Yeah, as a, a lot, distraction. I'd say it's a lot, a lot less dry, but there's, but there's theatrical, theatricality. I mean, there's, there's obviously the same PR, PR agents, agencies, uh, <clears throat> and they take lots of stuff, lots of inspiration for, 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 from, from America for certain things. Oh yeah, because we have a lot less charismatic politicians, <laughs> so it takes a lot more work, I guess, for our politicians to make them be interesting. to make them <laughs> seem interesting. I, I mean, I mean, just look at our chancellor. I mean, she's. She she's becoming kind of famous now because she's she kind of gets things done in a certain way in Europe and she's become this charismatic figure. Yeah, but she's but not she's known been, for her charisma. But she's <laughs> been a joke in 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 Germany for like decades because she's right. kind of so dry and so kind of uh, uncharismatic. Uh, it's like, like Al Gore, like, maybe. Like like nobody likes nobody likes to listen to her. Uh, she she has no. No kind of interesting way of, of of speaking. She's kind of very, very, very dry and and. Uh, but then on the other hand, you think, well, they're not concerned with you know being, being flashy or being like. Maybe right. they're actually getting stuff done. Maybe they're competent, and that's why they're boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, here <laughs> we have um, Barack Obama doing the introduction of the latest Cosmos uh, documentary series that's on <laughs> on primetime television. Yeah. How does how does the president have time to do an intro for oh, a TV he show? He went Who on knows? between two ferns with Zach 
get yeah, a phonetic. That, exactly. that I, I mean, the science thing I could at least Which understand because kind of awesome. they're trying to get people more into science and 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 more into that. So I can even see that, but the Galifian, Gal, I can't even pronounce it. Galifian, right. Galifian, <laughs> it's it's an interesting thing to think about. It's it's you know, theoretically, this person has one of the most important jobs in the world. So um, I would expect that they wouldn't have time, time for... to, to do such trivial things as introduce a television show or sit on Conan O'Brien's couch or any number of things like that. But again, it just shows you that this is majority uh, about uh, marketing and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's about, you know, making things, making these politicians resonate with people so that they don't question it. Yeah. And they don't really realize what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Shall we do another I song? Think, uh, yeah, I think it's about that time that we uh, <laughs> that we pull out these instruments and get cracking on some other songs. <gasps> okay. Why don't you uh, tell us what you're going to be playing? What do you play? So um, the the song we'll be playing is uh, called. Well, I named it. Okay, it started out. Which one do we do? Uh, Ungluable you. I thought we do the end of the world. Oh, you're right. Okay, we'll do that then. <laughs> You're right, you get the pick. Okay, Yay. so this song, well, it's about the end of the world, since we were talking about politics. Okay. There you go. Mm. For all the pessimists out there. <laughs> My boss has given my job away And because of all the time I spent Watching internet porn I couldn't pay my rent But you look at me with your soft brown eyes Take my face in your hands and you say with a smile That's not the end of the world 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 Well, the ice caps are melting, oceans are on the rise The scientists predicting our certain demise The conspiracy theorists are hoarding guns and axes And on top of it all, I forgot to file my taxes But you look at me with your soft brown eyes Take my face in your hands and you say with a smile that's not the end of the world 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 Well, the week has been lousy There's no use pretending The waters are rising The whole world is ending the fires have eaten the fruits of our labors. The zombies are here, and they've eaten the neighbors. You look at me, flesh rotting away. And you look at me, one brown eye falling away. And you say what you always say. 
I listen to you and I watch you for a while. I love your optimism, but I think you're in denial. But let's sing it together like we always do. That's not the end of the world. That's not the end of the world. We might have to face the facts. This might be the end of the world. This might be the end of the world. All right. <laughs> so you guys are going to do one more track. What's the next one called? Um, let's see. We have one more. Shall we do the sock puppet? Or we do the Google song. Or we do the Google song. We have Sounds one like a um, <laughs> culturally significant artistic expression here. I don't know when we come in. This is going to be a big thing here. <laughs> oh boy! But it's not, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't have enough punch actually to to, yeah, to really fit into things. This one was written. Uh, I had uh, uh, looked after the apartment of a friend of mine who was on vacation, and when I had emptied everything that was in her liquor cabinet. I did what we all do at one o'clock in the morning after half a bottle of Jägermeister and the rest of the peppermint schnapps. <laughs> I googled my ex. Ooh. And it turns out there were over two million hits because the rat bastard has one of the most common names there is. <laughs> so that pissed me off a bit and I wrote a song about it. And it is called Ungoogleable You. At first it hurt when I found you were common as dirt. I thought you were one of a kind, only to find You were one in a million of you Please don't let it be true How am I supposed to keep an eye on you, ungoogleable you Now that we're broken up You seemed so irreplaceable That turned out on my spaceable the search for your name came up with 6,487 of the same. You're a school kid in Alaska. You're a lawyer in Nebraska. You're a DJ of AM Rock. You're a fanboy that I had to block. You're a Christian metal band. You're a vet with a prosthetic hand. A backup dancer for MC Hammer You're a Nigerian email scammer I couldn't find you anywhere My heart was nearly broken when I Friended what turned out to be A rabbi in Hoboken Whatever can I do To find ungoogleable you I on the other hand, I'm unique Google claims there's only one of me Just type me in and you'll see They say I'm very stalkable Desperately approachable If you should ever feel the need You'll easily find my Twitter feed 140 character solo
I know I'm the one who set you loose Cause I could not agree to your terms of use But what can I do? I still miss you I know that we'll never meet Outside on the street Wonderful Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Again, Mark Ziestet. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Fair. Naomi Fern. Um, check them out on the internet. Look for their Putin Out video on Huffington Post or YouTube. Um, on the blog. On the blog at, um, what is the web address? It's? Well, you look for Goethe Institute San Francisco. Which is spelled G-O-E-T-H-E. Oh, yeah. And then good. Institute. And, and uh, the block's called The Changing City and should be on their, on their starting page. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming down, you guys. Thank you. Um, be sure to check them out while they're here in San Francisco. Um, Naomi has a blog where I'm sure you post all your upcoming shows. Yeah. So be sure and check that out. And shall we go out on the Glockenspiel song? I, I'm going to do trivia first. Oh, yeah, of We're course. Holy cow. Every episode of <gasps> trivia. So all you listeners out there, pay attention to these questions. Write down your answers. Email them to info at slimspresents.com. Uh, we'll have seven questions. Ooh. We have one gig uh, uh, that might be in time for people to listen to that they, that they might be able to see, which is next Wednesday, the 20th. Yeah. Wednesday, the 19th. Okay, it's next. That's when this episode will oh, be geez, coming out. One. Well, it's, it's at Esther Notch. It's called Bitch Slap Comedy. And it's, With it's, it's Kimberly Rose Went, our yes. co-host who is missing in action. No, yeah, where is she? We miss her. I hope she's okay. Yeah, she hosts that and she booked us. Yay. It's gonna so be we're an gonna, awesome show. Check that out. Yeah. So it's either it's either nineteenth or twentieth, but if you Google Bitch Slap Comedy, you'll find it. And that's uh Esta Noche. Esta Noche, which is Get closing down. It closes. Yay. I mean so. May. <laughs> so uh Boo. for as far as trivia goes, the prizes that you can win for this round of trivia. Uh, you can choose between these four shows. You can win a pair of tickets to see Lacuna Coil here at Slims on March 21st or Invasion. That's a guy from Refused and International Noise Conspiracy. That's his new band. Um, you can see the Orwells on the 23rd or Cuckoo Birds on the 26th. So write down your answers. Email them to info at slimspresents.com. Question number one. And if you guys know the answers, please don't blurt them out. Uh, we're going to Russia for this one. You'll you'll notice a theme to these. During one of the bloodiest battles in world history, Nazi Germany's Wehrmacht fought to capture this Soviet city situated in the flatlands of the Eurasian steppe, where legend tells fields of bones can still be seen to this day, preserved by the cold. What is the name of that city? Question number two. The city mentioned in question number one now goes under a different name. What is the new name of that city? Question number three. Who was the Russian Federation's first president after the, the disbanding of the Soviet Union? We're going way back. Learn your history, people. Question number four. This Russian mystic was often referred to as the Mad Monk. 
that. Question number five. In the 1993 Hong Kong film, The Mad Monk, this comic actor plays the title role of the dragon fighter Lo Han, an excellent Chinese com comedy actor. Question number six. This influential 1989 film was director John Wu's first major hit, becoming the most successful Hong Kong film released in America since Enter the Dragon. What is the name of that film? And our final question for the night. Legendary Hong Kong actor Chow Yun-Fat published his first photo collection in 2008. What unlikely retailer sold the book out of their Hong Kong and Paris stores? You're going to have to reach deep for that one. So again, you can email these answers to info at slimspresents.com. The first person to get all of these questions right wins their choice of those shows. Uh, if nobody gets all of them right, the first person to get the most correct will be the default winner. So get those in before uh, Monday. What's going to be that day? Uh, Monday, March 24th is the last day you can send those in. So info at slimspresents.com on March 24th. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to Between You, Me, and Jose. We will be back again next week with another guest. Um, follow us on YouTube, youtube.com slash slimspresents. Uh, you can also follow our Twitter. We just started up uh, one for this podcast. Uh, BYMJ podcast Between You, Me, and Jose. Uh, so at BYMJ podcast and uh, you can also find us at slumspresents.com alright thanks again to Mark and Naomi for coming by and uh, we'll see you guys next week yeah, thanks for having us yeah. cheers good night everybody good night